Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 10th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron, and because it's October, I am trying to uh, forget about other things that have happened sure. um, recently, but I'm, I'm just I'm choosing to be to be great today. Yes. October, indeed. Um, we we made it to 10 episodes, so thanks to everybody that stuck with us for these 10 episodes. Um, got a good one today. We got some news, some bad news, some good news, and then uh, we're going to preview South Carolina, big matchup for Mizzou football, and uh, pick some games and just try to figure out if Nebraska is going to win a game this season. But first, before all of that, we will jump into the news and boy, do we have a big news item today. EJ Liddell has announced a commitment to Ohio State University. So, yeah, we knew this was probably coming. I, like, I was like 80% sure. Like, my, my heart told me that it might be Mizzou because of the things we talked about last week, all of his connections to Mizzou and who wouldn't want to play for Conzo and all the stuff. But because we had just put in so many eggs in that basket of that, that EJ Liddell basket. But, um, I don't think he wanted to really come here, so he's moving on. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's said a couple things on social media. One thing that I saw just on his Instagram story was just that it wasn't a good fit for him personally, and Ohio State was the better fit, so that's where he wants to be. Yeah, I've I've read a few things online that, you know, we don't really know the specifics of what happened on his visit to Mizzou, but... For whatever reason, <clears throat> whether it was the coaches or the players or both or whatever, he just didn't really uh, love his his most recent official visit here. Um, so we can't we can't force him to come here. We can't force him to uh, to want to come here. Yeah, and I just think, I mean, Conzo Martin did everything humanly possible to try to get him here. He made it clear that he was at the top of their board this whole time. Um, you know, was in constant contact with him, was became friends. I, it seems like he actually became friends with EJ's dad. Um, so when he had him on campus, he made sure to move Mario McKinney's visit up so that they could be on campus together. He was shown around campus by a um, East, kind of East St. Louis guy and Mark Smith, um, who's also from Illinois. So I think he... I mean, you can't ask for more from Conzo if you're trying to land a big recruit than what he did to try to get EJ. Yeah, he did everything he could, and um, I'm just glad he didn't go to Illinois, to be honest. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen, though. True. (laughs) So now uh, for 2019, we've missed on EJ, obviously. Missed on Rocket Watts, missed on Trey Jackson, so we're left with Mario McKinney, which is a great consolation prize. I do think, though, because of how certain pretty much certain we were that mario mckinney was coming to missouri this is as close to worst case denario alexander as we can pretty much get (laughs) yeah we were embarrassingly wrong uh when we were talking about um how this 2019 class might end up maybe like a month ago or so i think i may have been quoted saying like i'm like 95 percent sure trey jackson's coming here oh yeah like i i might have been under the impression that we were going to get all three of those guys at one point like 
we have been so embarrassingly wrong and it's kind of <laughs> sad and now this class has just taken a bizarre turn where it's like well i don't know a single name beyond these like you know three or four guys uh that we've been recruiting because i'm not sure we have been really recruiting anybody else right there were other guys that fell off or even earlier like malik hall and right. uh, people like that so yeah this class now sits at 11th in the sec um not accounting for the transfers. So obviously bringing in Mark and Drew Smith to play next year. Um, so that is still sort of a part of the 2019 class in a way, not the freshman class, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like you're saying, we don't really know what's going to happen now. I don't think anybody does because there's literally no other names. There's one name actually that has just come out basically in the last couple of days. It's a four-star post player named Trey Mitchell from Pennsylvania. He's a 6'9", 245, and he already has offers from Notre Dame, UConn, Illinois, and Louisville. I just saw a tweet attached to him that saying that Mizzou has been in contact with him, basically. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a long shot to be coming in this late, but uh, if uh, they think there's something there. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, but um, I think we're going to have to... I, I just... Anybody worth getting... Um, it's just going to be a struggle at this point so late in the game mm-hmm. and you don't want to just fill a class with warm bodies right or- it's so like disappointing thinking about how we went from ej liddell who i was probably even higher on than some of the national guys were i think he's ranked somewhere in the mid 40s i i was really really high on ej liddell he's just a super polished you know score post universal post player post player um, can block shots, all that stuff. And then kind of seeing who our backup options are, you know, some of the Juco guys, mm-hmm. it's just like, Oh man, this yeah. is disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big difference. And I do think that th- that's where we're Kanza's going to have to turn is maybe with a Juco option or looking further into the future with a graduate transfer to come in next off season or something like that. I think that potentially we could see that, um, as far as like banking scholarships, um, we could still see that because 2020 is going to be a really fertile recruiting class, especially with guys from St. Louis. And Yeah, it's definitely a possibility that um, we may not take a whole lot more. Uh, we, we really may not take many more people in this 2019 class to kind of maybe hit a home run in the 2020 class, but we're going to have to hit on all those guys. Yeah, you need to at least have spots for Josh Christopher, right. um, Caleb Love, and Cameron Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Those have to be targets, priority targets, and I think even if they only had two scholarships going into next season, if, they'd those, make it work. if those three guys wanted to commit, that would not oh, be an issue Oh, my goodness, at they'd all. make that work. Yeah, yeah. so there's still high hopes on the horizon for basketball recruiting and um i think it's kind of been known that after this kind of recruiting explosion last year uh, having a top five class in the country and bringing in two five-star guys that mizzou was going to come down to earth and it would be more like a traditional year one for a, for a new coach in transition from a really bad team so mm-hmm. i think that kind of makes sense yeah, it's it's not shocking that this is happening. I know we kind of like regarded Konzo as like second to God for a little while there, and uh, like last week we 
Yeah. <laughs> You're um, pretty high on him. I'm still super high but, on him. Yeah, but. exactly. I, I still would take Conzo over anybody right now, and I just I love the direction that the program's going in and uh, still excited about this year and in the future and recruiting going forward. So this is a, a setback for sure, a um, little disappointing turn of events here with some of these guys, but I think we'll, we'll be just fine. Yeah, and even Ohio State, they may not, for the last couple of years, have the national – recognition of being a blue blood or anything like that but there there's no doubt about it they're a better basketball program than Missouri in recent memory because I mean you have to go back a ways to their back-to-back final fours but even since then they've had you know guys like Jared Sullinger and Mm -hmm. they've been right there in the mix for deep runs in the tournament Chris Holtman is a fantastic coach in my opinion as well so and they, they've got a great recruiting class coming mm-hmm. in, so they could be pretty dangerous in yeah. the next few years. Yeah, they're they're just definitely a school that you don't want to be in recruiting battles with. I would, at this point, welcome a recruiting battle with Illinois much more than anything to do with Ohio State. And you just can't expect Missouri with still the last few years, the, well, the Kim Anderson era still being fresh enough to impact recruits. I think it's going to take more than one season and a one and done in the NCAA tournament to sort of correct that moving forward. All right. Next up on the news items, there is a really cool article in the athletic about uh, Jeremiah Tillman. Um, If you haven't had a chance to read that, be sure to check it out. Basically um, it kind of gave some more background on his childhood and growing up and how he got introduced to basketball and, his relationship with Conzo Martin, that was one of the highlights of it, was he was talking about how Conzo didn't come in and try to, like, be buddy-buddy with him. He was very professional and, you know, shook his hand and just sort of had... It basically acted like the Conzo that we know and was very workmanlike in his uh, pursuit of Jeremiah, so that was kind of cool to hear about. And um, it also talked about how his freshman season... Obviously, talked about his fouling situation, fouling out of games and everything. And it, it, he mentioned in the article, in, in the interview, that he was overly emotional at times. When he was watching back film of some of his monster dunks and stuff like that, he would watch himself slap the backboard afterwards or scream and yell. And he didn't like the way that looked on camera and thought he needs to just be in the moment more and sort of let the fans do the, the hype and all that stuff and just get back on defense and get ready for the next play. So hopefully the mental aspect of the game is something that he can improve on because we know physically he has everything that he needs already. Yeah, a a Jeremiah Tillman that has a greater mental focus, it's a very dangerous thought. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he physically is is a superior athlete and just, yeah, he's he's got all the tools and we know how how quick those feet are for a 6'11". Uh, center it's yeah. it's amazing yeah some of the offensive moves that he pulled out from time to time last year just like make your jaw drop it's yeah like, where did this oh come my from? gosh i know and it seems like it's been a long time since we've had uh, a true big like that that's so mm-hmm. athletic but um it's good to see that i actually haven't read the article i'll say that but it's it's good to hear that even you know he's still a young player as a sophomore he's you know he's developed his mental side of the game he's he's had an openness to you know realizing his faults and wants to correct them and is being coachable so that's certainly an encouraging sign oh yeah definitely 
Um, next item here, uh, we had a quarterback commit uh, from the 2020 class, Brady Cook from Chaminade High School in St. Louis. Yeah, that was... Um, we, I think everybody knew that Brady Cook would end up at Mizzou, uh, you know, eventually. Um, I'm not sure I expected a commitment this early, uh, but it's certainly heartwarming to to see an in-state player, you know, really just be so high on Mizzou. And um, I know we all kind of got our feelings hurt with the 2018, you know, Tiger 10 experience where they all seem to be a little too cool for the in-state school and all that, all that stuff. We've talked about it several times before. But it certainly seems to be like that attitude is shifting a little bit and the homeschool is being respected and a little bit more by some of these in-state recruits. And Brady Cook is like the absolute ringleader of, of that of those guys that are just excited to play for their hometown team. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we've talked about it like every week for the last four weeks or so because we keep getting these St. Louis guys committing and mm-hmm. um, it's just what a turnaround when... It, things looked kind of bleak after, like you said, the Tiger 10. We got one of the 10, and now it's like uh, there's no nickname for these groups now. It's just we're just getting good players. And um, speaking of good players from St. Louis, Marcus Washington has set a date for his commitment of uh, October 26th. So there's another big one. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect on this one. Um seems like Ohio State I mean I honestly don't know if they're back in the picture or not probably not uh, it looks like Texas might mm-hmm. actually be our main competitor now is what kind of seems to be the vibe um, I don't know if I had to guess I still think Mizzou's got a pretty good chance to land him um, I th- they did say that kind of the Trinity trio uh, you know of him and, and Cooper and uh, Henry they all said that they were going to take an official visit together to Mizzou in December I believe is what was reported uh, I don't know if that will still happen if he commits elsewhere. Be kind um, of odd if, I, he, yeah, if I don't, that did happen. Yeah, it still happens from time to time. I know uh, C.J. Boone had said he might still take a, an official visit to Kentucky, but so it still happens. But I, I don't know. It would it would be weird a little bit if he committed to Texas and then yeah came to Mizzou on an official visit December. But. I wouldn't. I mean, if he was going to commit to Texas, I'd rather him still come to campus than not come to campus oh, so definitely yeah. yeah and so if he is planning to commit to mizzou then it would make sense to yeah. to bring his buddies with him in december yeah so that's another big name out of st louis to be watching out for later in the month um another uh, mizzou football story is that they've been sort of they've apparently rumor has it that they may have checked in on a graduate transfer quarterback just to see where they're at in that um I saw a list on the internet of like six guys that Mizzou fans think that they should be potentially talking to. Mm-hmm. So um, chief among those being Kelly Bryant, the transfer from Clemson. Uh, it's really early in that process still, but yeah. I think bringing in somebody like that would be incredible as far as the like the quarterback competition for 2019. Right, and I think it was reported by uh, Power Mizzou that Mizzou is in contact with with one of those big names out there. I don't know if I'm uh, if I should be report <laughs> if I should be relaying that information since it's uh, behind a paywall at this point. But um, Mizzou is you know is very obviously looking for a graduate transfer quarterback, and there are some names out there. Uh, they're going to have some stiff competition. Um, you know, most of the programs in this country are probably open to the idea of at least acquiring a grad transfer quarterback for 
their starter or for depth. You know, anytime they can increase depth or potentially, uh, you know, better their position at the most important position on the field, they're going to take a look at that opportunity. Um, it seems pretty obvious that Mizzou is uncomfortable with their quarterback situation uh, right now. So certainly they're going to take a look at who ha- who's out there. Yeah, between the quarterbacks on the roster now and the commits that keep coming in, I mean, they are stocking up on potential quarterbacks. And I think that kind of just speaks to the fact that they are going to welcome as much competition for that spot next year as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be something that we talk about for a really long time this will be kind of that hot issue that we may not get resolved until game day next year we just have no idea who's going to be the starter uh yeah well, next when, year. when you're coming off a four-year starter in drew lock you just have that security mm-hmm. every off season of not even having having to right. think twice about it yeah totally new concept to us it's, yeah you know and even before drew lock it was always kind of like known who the the next guy up was going to be right I mean, going way back so and missouri's had an incredible run of quarterbacks like with chase daniel and blaine gabbert and james franklin well, brad smith before chase. brad smith yeah. maddie mock even you know took us to a couple of sec championship games mm-hmm. and drew lock you know so we've had like this incredible trend of, of quarterback play at mizzou so mm-hmm. no pressure barry odom but right. <laughs> we'd like to keep that going right yeah it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see who because obviously Drew Locke was the starter under Gary Pinkle at the end of his career or his tenure at Missouri. So um, at the beginning of Locke's career, um, it'll be interesting to see what quarterback Odom goes with to be his first ever new starter in his program. So yeah, I think the only time there would have been a potential quarterback controversy, um, I think Tyler Gabbert before he transferred might have I'd have to think about like where that lines up on the timeline, but he might have challenged for a starting job. And then um, Marvin Zander, Zanders. Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of forgot about him. Yeah, he kind of he transferred because he didn't get the starting job. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there was like maybe a little bit of the James Franklin versus Matty Mock kind of thing. The I think, you know, the years, I think it was 2013 mm-hmm. when James Franklin was a little banged up and. Matty Mock had played really well in his absence, so it's kind of like, well, okay, well, who's he going to play now? And so there was a little bit of a back and forth that year, but as far as just a straight up like preseason quarterback controversy, I competition, I can't yeah. really remember the right. last time that happened. Yeah, exactly. Well, any other news items that you can think of? That covers it. Um, a little bit of bye week recap. The only thing of note that I had on the death chart was just that uh, Rashad Floyd is returning from injury. He may not even see the field this week, but he's available, I guess, in uh, maybe a limited capacity. Yeah, I would be surprised if he played in really meaningful snaps this Saturday, uh, but it's definitely possible. I'd like to get him back as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we as soon as he went down, we talked about how it was going to impact the return game, and I think we've mm-hmm. seen that because there really hasn't been much going on in the especially the punt return game just yeah kinda. there hasn't been any like muffed punts or anything this year but i can recall last year being nervous like holding my breath every single time jonathan johnson like received a punt because yeah. it just seemed like he wasn't as sure-handed back there as floyd was so i'd like to get floyd back in 100 percent in the punt game yeah definitely well i think we're ready to go ahead and start previewing the south carolina game um South Carolina coming into this week is two and two, and they're one and two in the conference. They have 
basically had two pretty comfortable wins over Coastal Carolina and Vanderbilt on the road, and then pretty sound losses to Georgia and on the road at Kentucky. So, yeah, um, South Carolina, I, I kind of think of them the same way as I did before the season. They've pretty much done exactly what we thought they would. Um, their quarterback, Jake Bentley, he's he's a good player. He's experienced. He's been decent this year. Um, they don't really scare you offensively. They've got him and they've got Debo Samuel, who is obviously an electric player. Um, they're kind of just good, but not like super amazing or right. exciting. And not they've not been really going to make national headlines or anything with right. their offense, but just kind of consistent mm-hmm. and kind of a high floor, low ceiling kind of team. And that's right. that's exactly what they've been. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of digging a little bit deeper into their two losses um, against Georgia and Kentucky. One, because Missouri's also played Georgia at home, so you can kind of draw some comparisons there. But starting with Kentucky, that was kind of a weird game because um, it was basically a pick em, even though um, Kentucky was the home team. And Kentucky jumped out to a really early, uh, big lead early, um, 24 to 3 at halftime and that was in part to two first half turnovers by South Carolina but then in the second half Kentucky could do nothing on offense and South Carolina turned it over two more times or else they might have actually been able to form some kind of comeback in that game and they only scored once in the second half so it was 24 10 was the final but I don't know it just Kentucky looked more the score and just the fact that South Carolina couldn't do anything on offense because of turnovers made it look like Kentucky really did something special but the second half I mean Kentucky I think punted four times and uh, I think I honestly think looking at the play-by-play they were all three and outs Mm -hmm. in the second half so yeah we're still kind of gathering all the evidence on Kentucky and what we truly can conclude about how good they are obviously they've got potentially one of the single best players in the SEC and Benny Snell Mm -hmm. so you know, maybe maybe uh, South Carolina figured out a, a recipe to, to stop Snell that they didn't know in the first quarter or the first half. Yeah. Maybe they were just surprised at how explosive Kentucky was uh, right out of the gates, but they should have known that, you know, Kentucky is, is better than they have been. Right. So. And Snell didn't run all over the place by any means against South Carolina. I mean, he had sort of, for his standards, a modest game. I think he ran the ball 25 or so times for 99 yards. So his per carry averages weren't great. Um, And then against Georgia, South Carolina, again, this was obviously earlier in the season, but they had turnover issues again, two interceptions in that game. And in this one, they absolutely could not stop Georgia on the ground. And South Carolina's own running game was nowhere to be found. They ran for 50-something yards in that game. So, um, yeah, you talked about Jake Bentley, and I think – He's kind of been up and down this season, not as consistent as South Carolina fans hoped or expected going into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in all of his six interceptions have come in their SEC matchups, so that's something to look at. He's got seven touchdowns to six interceptions. So mm. I didn't realize he had that many interceptions this year. Yeah. Now that being said, Mizzou's uh, pass defense is ranked 117th in the country. So yeah, we know that story for sure. Yeah, that might be uh, something that South Carolina's offense is looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Another thing to consider is uh, Jake Bentley's health. I know that he is not 100. percent 
He's kind of banged up after that Kentucky game. I don't know if he really had any specific injuries, but I think he was just kind of sore and, and just overall banged up after that game. Uh, early on in the week, I think he was listed as questionable. I think he's just you know 100% going to play, but I don't think that uh, he, he may not be himself in that game. So it may be an opportunity to to uh, prey on there for, for Missouri. Yeah, I think we've kind of been saying this for the past, past few weeks, but getting some kind of pressure on the quarterback is going to be important in this one because they do have weapons on the outside. They've got four really good wide receivers. Obviously, we talked about Samuel. We know mm-hmm. what he can do. The whole SEC knows what he can do. But I think they do have a wide receiver that's out this week as well. Yeah, they, they have a couple that. players that are, that are out. I don't know how impactful those players are, to be honest. Yeah, I just think... I mean, Mizzou's past defense this year can sort of help out teams that have been struggling. So teams that you mm-hmm. might not think are going to be very explosive, yeah. a la Purdue, could uh, it can maybe be put the, up some numbers on you. game. Right. Yeah, I think that Mizzou's running game has a pretty good opportunity to have a big game. Uh, obviously, Georgia ran all over South Carolina, like you mentioned. Um, Georgia also has a fantastic core of running backs so and just a pretty polished consistent offense overall mm-hmm. i think that's kind of what hurt kentucky is south carolina was just able to just focus in on stopping the run game and right but i mean yeah so mizzou's got to capitalize on the opportunities for the run game drew lock is got to be better than he was against georgia um we talked about how encouraged we were with mizzou's defense last week so if they can carry that effort over i think mizzou can probably win this game dare i say even easily maybe mm-hmm. um but we've got to have all the all the cogs moving in the right direction this game and it seems like we don't have that very often right yeah i mean even in south yeah south carolina's losses have come to teams that have been able to move the ball on offense um so i really don't think missouri's gonna have a problem doing that because mm-hmm. this is gonna be similar to what Georgia was able to do I think it'll be more balanced because in that game Fromm was able to pick them apart he had nearly 200 yards on just 18 attempts I think he was like 14 of 18 or something like that so he didn't really have to do a whole lot but yeah, that's, when just, he, that's yeah. just who Georgia is right so translating that to Mizzou's offense I think we could easily see 294 um on 30 attempts from Locke. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be right around 300 yards on uh, 30 attempts, I think. I think so. And I, I, obviously another big factor is is the health of Emmanuel Hall. And I know he's had this uh, timely bye week to hopefully recover from, I think, a groin strain of, or something like that. Yeah, um, I would have liked to have, hear something, her, to have heard something positive mm-hmm. on that front coming out of the bye week. But Yeah, I haven't heard I, much. I don't know if the coaches are just keeping quiet to kind of maybe hide that a little yeah. bit. I don't know if that's a thing that actually happens or not, yeah. or if they're typically just upfront and honest about that. If he's not 100%, I would actually rather him not be on the field as much as he was against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and just conserve his health yeah for and the just put guys out there the that, that are going to be 100 i mean i'd rather see I, at this point i'd rather see a 100 percent jalen knox for more snaps than a 75 percent emmanuel hall i agree definitely um i think this game for south carolina will kind of set the table for the rest of their season the fact that they've already lost to the two what who have been so far the two best teams in the sec east I think losing this game 
shuts them out of the like second best team in the East conversation completely. Oh, yes, um, this is certainly a huge game for for them because it's a home game, and like you said, they're coming off some a couple of losses against teams that they're pretty even with or they would probably consider themselves to be even with and mm -hmm. probably the same thing with mizzou i'd say they consider it to be a pretty evenly matched game so this is definitely a huge game for both teams yeah from missouri standpoint i think getting a win going into the alabama game would be really really big because you're talking about sort of the expectations moving forward everybody's expecting them to lose to alabama so getting a win to be four and one going into that game, I think that would be a really bright spot for the players to kind of see that there is a path towards nine or 10 wins this season. I think that would be the first step in that because you come back against Memphis and, and Kentucky. I mean, basically the three games after Alabama are, are pretty tough games, even though Memphis hasn't looked like the, as good as they have the last couple of years. So I don't know, just getting the South Carolina win under their belt would just, I think, do wonders for their psyche as opposed to losing three in a row to Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we just have lost a couple games in a row to South Carolina. It seems like even in our best years in the SEC, we kind of struggled with them. And I would just uh, – I, I think they're a fairly comparable program to Mizzou as far as just yeah. – I don't know, recruiting and all that stuff. I, I'd say they're fairly comparable to, to Mizzou, so it's just good to beat other programs that you're kind of seeing eye-to-eye -eye with in, yeah. in that realm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, um, you want to give us your pick and your score prediction for this game? I do, and it's kind of weird. I was watching the line for this game a little bit, and it started off, it's kind of taking a weird turn. It, it started off like uh, South Carolina, like a two-point favorite, and at one point, I guess I haven't checked it in the last day or so, but at one point it actually swung to Mizzou being the favorite by about two points or yeah. a point and a half. Yeah. So it makes you kind of wonder if Vegas knows something that we don't. I don't really know how all that goes down, but uh, it maybe there's something about Jake Bentley that we don't know, um, his health. I don't know. But it seems like the, the trend is, is in Mizzou's favorite, uh, favor from Vegas this week. Mm -hmm. My heart definitely wants to say Mizzou wins this game um, just because it seems like they've got a little bit more talent on offense and um, trying to, I don't know, just because they are aware of how big of a game it is. Coming my, off a bye week. Right. My head tells me that somehow they'll find a way to lose because it just <laughs> kind of seems like they do that. Sometimes like there'll be some kind of unknown thing, reason that, you know, that comes out of the blue and we, that we could never see coming is the reason why they lose. Um, but I think I'm going to pick them to win. Uh, and I think I will say 34-28 Mizzou. Uh -huh. Pretty close one then. Yeah, I think it will be a close game. Um, if you've been following on to this podcast very much, you'll know that I've been much uh, lower on South Carolina this year than pretty much anybody else. Um, I never thought they were going to finish second in the East. I have liked Florida better than them all year. I've liked Missouri better than them all year. Now I like Kentucky better than them. So um, I was pretty much never going to pick South Carolina in this game, and I feel even better about it now. I really think Mizzou's offense is going to score the ball pretty easily against South Carolina. And I think Mizzou's defense will be able to make enough plays, maybe force enough errors um, out of South Carolina's offense to 
hopefully not let it be a shootout. I think it actually could become a shootout if the defense sort of lays down like we've seen them do from time to time. And I think that'll start up front with the pass rush because I, I really don't think South Carolina is going to be able to run the ball at all in Missouri. Um, with that being said, I like Missouri to score quite a few points. Something like 38-24. I hope you're right. So I, I look for uh, an entertaining Mizzou win, something more similar to their win over Georgia on the road a few years ago, that kind of signature road win. Yeah, that would be great to see. Um, just Mizzou kind of take control in an SEC game. That's a pretty big game on the road. Mm-hmm. Would be It would be great to see them comfortably pull away from South Carolina. Yeah, and I, I mean, I could easily see it going very similar to what you're saying or much worse. I mean, if like I said, if Missouri's defense can't get stops, then... Um, Bentley won't have a problem just taking his time and picking apart the defense in mm-hmm. the secondary. So, I mean, if I think you could easily see this being a back and forth tug of war all the way to the end with mm-hmm. a score of something like 35 34. Yeah. But, well, it's not like Barry Odom didn't know about Debo Samuel coming into the game last year, but mm-hmm. hopefully we've learned that lesson that. This guy isn't just like kind of good. Yeah. Like we have to take like Tyreek Hill type like precautions against him, and right. like just if you don't have to kick the ball to him, just don't. Yeah. Like literally, just don't. Yeah. And when you have a kicker that can kick it out of the end zone on kickoffs, and when you have a good punter who can just still get a decent punt off and let it go out of bounds, there's really no reason that he should touch the ball unless Bentley's throwing it to him. So I agree. All right. Well, we both like Mizzou in that one. Um, we'll pick a few more games here in our segment, SEC Pick'em Plus, Will Nebraska Ever Win a Game? <laughs> so um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Producer Cameron is a big Nebraska fan. Uh, they have disappointed him this year so far. We like to um, poke fun at that a little bit by picking their matchup every week as well as the uh, SEC conference matchups that we find interesting. So... Uh, I actually was able to take a little bit of a lead. We've been neck and neck so far in the points. Um, you get one point for picking a game correctly. You get two points if it's an upset. Um, Purdue absolutely destroyed Nebraska um, in Lincoln last week, so we each got a point for that. And A&M and Georgia were both easy points, so we each got a point on both of those games. I picked the upset in the Dan Mullen Bowl, so I got two points for that for uh, Florida beating Mississippi State. I'm still surprised about that. I'll have to say, I, I like Florida. I've liked Florida for a while, so I think we'll, we'll, I'll show you a little bit later how much I like them. Okay. Um, and then we both missed on South Carolina versus Kentucky. We both went for the uh, toss-up upset, basically, in that one. And then uh, we both got LSU over Ole Miss. So I'm sitting at 14 points. Kyle sitting at 12. And we'll start it off with Nebraska on the road at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 17-point favorite. Uh, yeah, Cameron in the in the in the show notes has literally already typed in like Wisconsin for both of us. So I think I'm gonna agree with your guess of what I was gonna guess and <laughs> yeah. pick Wisconsin. I had a feeling you would. Yeah, so I went ahead and typed that in. And um, I have picked against Nebraska every single week. Sorry, producer Cameron, you could look a little bit sad over there, including the big upset. Exactly yeah. against like Troy or whoever it was, yeah. and it's worked out for me so far. So I was looking at uh, Nebraska's schedule just for kicks, and 
they later in the season they play what I can only assume is a local high school team um, <laughs> because it is nothing that I've ever heard of before. It's not Nichols State. It's not Troy. I'm pretty sure they did that to fill in for their first game that got canceled. Oh, okay. So who is it? I don't. I can't I remember can't what they're remember called. It it's was. like but they added it. They added oh, it later. I see. Is it the October Southeastern New Mexico University State twenty seventh game? Maybe. Um, I'll find it. Yeah. Do you I'd, have any I'd insight on Nebraska for us? Any news? Anything? Oh uh, no. Hopefully they win at least one game. Yeah. It won't be this one. <laughs> All right, so we both got Wisconsin in that one. Um, a really big spread in this SEC matchup. Alabama is a 35-point favorite on the road against Arkansas. Uh, man, this is a really tough pick for me because <laughs> Alabama has really struggled this year, but I think I'm going to pick them to, to roll in this game. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas has looked so good. I don't. That is a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to agree with you and pick Alabama. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, did you see Nick Saban like criticizing the fans for like not showing up or for the whoever they played last week? Yeah, they played Louisiana Lafayette and won by like sixty five points. Yeah, or something. and it was an eleven a.m. kick, and he was criticizing the students for not uh, uh, showing up. Nick it's like, Saban. Okay, so uh, jumping back real quick, Nebraska on October twenty sixth. Yes, they play the Bethune Cookman Wildcats. Oh Is that yeah, a Thursday. Oh, they'll uh, lose that for sure. That's a. F- Friday night. Bethune Cookman Wildcats. They got to play on a Friday night because Bethune Cookman is a high school school. team. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually from the MEAC, M-E-A-C conference. Is that FCS? Sounds like you just made that up. Uh, (laughs) No. Wait, yes. Division three. I can't. Honestly, I can't tell. Is that that Nebraska's last game of the year? No. 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 God, that would put a cherry on top if they lost that. <laughs> like, is their final game of the year? I don't think they're going to lose that game. But. Yeah. Um, they are 2-3, and three, and they're fifth in the MEAC, so we'll, They know how to win a game. I guess we'll see. They just lost They lost a game to Howard recently. Howard's tough this year. Oh, they <laughs> Howard's good this year. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's focus. Let's get back on track. Um, next up, we have LSU. Yeah, Alabama's going to steamroll Arkansas. No doubt about that. I think I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, next, LSU is a two and a half point favorite, only a two and a half point favorite on the road at Florida. And I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah, I, right I want my two points. I'm picking Florida. I like Florida. I picked them with the upset last week. I'm going to pick them again this week. Well, just for the sake of opposition, because we don't, we have too much agreeing on this podcast. We have too much, too much, just like nice guy, like agreeing. So, uh, I'm just gonna say, Cameron, you're crazy. Uh, LSU is gonna win this game, and hopefully, you're not right because then that'll put even more separation between us because you'd get two points. Yeah, you may be right. I mean, LSU has has looked really good. We gotta we gotta keep you know staying on character here. So Florida sucks. Yeah, and it's gonna lose this game yeah, Florida, to LSU. Florida's gonna. <laughs> Florida is going to come from behind and and get that uh, number three spot in the SEC East at, behind Missouri. That'd when, be a big win for them. Yeah, when the when the season's over. So uh, next up, Kentucky on the road at Texas A and M. A and M a six point favorite at home. This is interesting. Um, Another game with Kentucky with a kind of a a weird line with them. Right. I'm like the line is what's interesting because I may. I might pick A and M to win outright, but that line, if I were if I were a betting man, 
I might pick Kentucky to cover that, but oh yeah. Um, oh man, I think A and M is gonna win this at home. So I kind of want to pick Kentucky in the upset, but A and M's got a pretty good coach, and they're at home, and they seem to be kind of rolling this year. I think they'll they'll figure out the the Kentucky game a little bit. I kind of hope they do. I, I was hoping you would pick Kentucky because I wanted to pick Texas A and M. Mainly because I want Kentucky to lose that game. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I guess Kentucky being undefeated when Mizzou beats them in Columbia wouldn't be too bad either. But um, I'm going to try to get some big separation this Ooh. week, and I'm going to pick Kentucky for the upset. Go bigger, go home. And I think my upset picks will stop here for the moment because Vanderbilt is a 27-point underdog at Georgia. Yeah, Vanderbilt looked really bad last week. They played some nobody and like almost lost. Uh, I think they probably will cover that twenty-seven point spread, yeah. maybe. But they're definitely not beating Georgia at Georgia. Yeah, Georgia is an easy pick there. Uh, and then wrapping it up, we've got Auburn, who is a four-point favorite on the road at Mississippi State. You go first. I want to know what you're going to say. All on right, this one. I'm going for. All the upsets. Oh, my God. I want Mississippi State as the home underdog. Well, that's why I wanted you to go, for, go first because I thought about doing that. And I'm going to just try to get as many points as I can this week and just play it safe. So oh my goodness. I'm going to go Auburn. Oh, my goodness. Well, something has got to give. <laughs> One of these games Yeah, we is... picked opposite on like three or four of those. Yeah, it's about time. I'm tired of you agreeing with me on everything. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got some good games to look forward to this week. I think that LSU-Florida matchup is actually going to be a really fun one to watch. Yeah. And of yeah, course, definitely some good games. Starting the week off with Mizzou out at South Carolina. Yeah, this bye week freaking kills me, man. Oh, I, I like know. to watch other teams playing and to know Mizzou's not playing. It yeah. hurts me deep in my soul, so it's good that... Yeah, it'll be fun to see him back out there. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I have ever for everybody. Do you have anything else for him, Kyle? Uh, I think that, that does it for me. All right. Uh, well, that's that's all for this week. Then we'll be right back next week. We'll be breaking down the South Carolina game, and um, looking. I have looking forward to looking towards Alabama. I'm not really looking forward to that one, but uh, we'll talk about Alabama a little bit. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can tweet us at Missouri Sports One, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at Gmail dot com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. And thanks for listening, really. We've, we've got these 10 episodes in. Um, we're just happy to be able to talk about Mizzou and uh, share it with you guys. So if you like what we've been doing, just and you got some friends that like Mizzou, have them listen, have them give us a shot. Um, if you're on iTunes, give us a review. Give us a rating if you can. Subscribe if you're not subscribed yet. And uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>